Our gospel this morning is from Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Some more about feasts and banquets. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables. And he said, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who'd been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves saying, tell those who have been invited, look, I've prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready, come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and they went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who wasn't wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? The man was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The gospel of the Lord. So speaking of feasts and wedding banquets, do you remember how we used to have parties without fear? I mean, before COVID-19 pandemics and social distancing and masks and whatnot, when people invited you over for dinner and drinks, when there were happy hours and birthday parties and weddings, I mean, you remember the good old days? And maybe even long before that, when many of us were kids, perhaps. Do you remember when being invited meant just about as much as anything in the whole wide world? I remember when I was in fifth grade, I think, could have been sixth grade, Kira Salisbury had one of the first birthday parties where boys and girls were all invited to be in the same place and only the cool kids were gonna be there. Her parents rented out a hall and a DJ and everything. What is that, a 12 year old birthday party? And I remember how in junior high, there wasn't much more important than to know you were gonna show up with the dance with someone. And then in high school, it was house parties. In college, it was fraternity and sorority formals. After college, like in this morning's gospel, it was weddings. For anyone who's ever been invited to be part of something special, maybe for those who've waited for invitations that never came, you know how much weight those invitations can carry sometimes. If your teenage and adolescent years were anything like mine, you might remember feeling more than a little anxious, wondering and waiting and hoping to be included, to be involved, to get invited, to be part of the fun. 
Of course, for those of us who've been around the block once or twice, our identity doesn't hinge so much like it used to on the invitations or ideas or impressions of others. But as uncomfortable as the prospect might be, I'd like to put us back into that adolescent frame of mind again, if we dare, back to the days of waiting and wondering and hoping that we would be included. Because I think that's the frame of mind Jesus wants us to have, perhaps, as we hear this parable of the wedding banquet again. There's a king and he's throwing a party for his son. And to his embarrassment, his invitations are rejected. He pulled out all the stops, his oxen and best calves were prepared for the meal. All of his honored guests and closest friends were invited. He was the king after all, but no one cared. Those who were invited made light of the invitations and found better things to do with their day. But the party had to go on, so the king sent his slaves into the streets with the same invitation. Now anyone and everyone who wanted was allowed into the banquet, the king's banquet. And anyone and everyone showed up, and much like today, there were expectations in the days of Jesus for what you should wear or not to a wedding reception. In some cases, it's believed that the host might even provide the appropriate attire for those who showed up without it. I think that still happens at certain fancy restaurants or snooty country clubs, right? A loner jacket or a tie to borrow is kept in the coat room for the schmuck who shows up underdressed for dinner in the main dining room. Well, there was one underdressed schmuck at the king's wedding. Maybe he showed up without his mask. And when he couldn't offer up a good excuse for it, the king gave him the boot. And as usual, Jesus' parable means to share something much more important and much more meaningful than anything about a birthday party or the school dance or even the biggest and best of royal weddings. Jesus is talking about God's invitation to his chosen people about what it means to see themselves as just exactly that, God's chosen people, as the ones invited first to the biggest, best party in town. Because apparently some in Israel didn't get it. And Jesus was a Jew, remember, speaking to his Jewish brothers and sisters in the faith. So Jesus could say things a little more pointedly or even harshly than just anybody would or could or should, like, that stuff about weeping and gnashing of teeth. So he was saying that they had mistaken God's invitation, the Jews, for a backstage pass, that they'd come to see themselves as guests from an A list and that everyone else perhaps might've been on the B or the C or the D list or worse. That they were blessed to have received the invitations in the first place, but forgot about their call to be a blessing because of it that they were treating the party of their salvation like it was by invitation only, and they were the ones who started making up the guest list instead of leaving that work up to God. So in his parable of the wedding banquet, Jesus means to remind his fellow Jewish brothers and sisters that even though they'd been invited to the feast, they were the ones neglecting the invitation. God had given them everything they needed, the law, a land, second chance after second chance, the promise of a Messiah who'd showed up in him. 
but they'd close their eyes and their minds and their hearts to what God was offering them in the coming of the Messiah. And in making his point, Jesus suggests that God's salvation, God's forgiveness, God's grace and mercy and hope for eternity is something not just for the Jews any longer, but for everybody. It's what the slaves in the parable were offering when they hit the streets, when they shared the invitation with whoever would receive it, to the Jews and the Gentiles, to the good ones and the bad ones, to the saints and the sinners, to anyone and everyone who would hear and receive all that God had to offer. And that's where the Jews of Jesus' day would have said, you and I make our way into the picture. We're the anyone and everyone from out there in the streets who are invited to this party after the others didn't show. We're the ones who've heard the story secondhand and who get to belly up to the banquet table, even though we might have been on the B list first go round. But let's not get too comfortable bellying up to this banquet table. The Jews of Jesus' day aren't the only ones he's calling to stop and take a look in the mirror. We are, you and I are called to see ourselves in this parable too, as those who neglect or reject or ignore and take for granted sometimes God's invitation more often than we'd like to admit it. We might even be that schmuck sometimes who shows up without being dressed appropriately for the occasion. And Jesus wasn't talking about wedding robes or dress codes or ties or sport jackets at all. I think he was inviting us to consider whether we cover ourselves with righteousness and joy and with new ways of being that let the world know we've received our invitation, that we've showed up for this party and that we're glad and grateful to be here. Jesus is inviting us to change the way we live in the world because we're abundantly grateful for God's grace on our behalf. Jesus is inviting us to change not our clothes, but to transform our minds, transform our lives so that others will see, so that others will know that our very souls have been changed by the waters of our baptism given to us in the first place by the God who's planned the banquet. And I believe this is where our adolescent longing for acceptance and inclusion stands to teach us something as we wonder about this story in our lives today. Those times when we wanted nothing more than to be invited and to know we would be welcome and to feel included. You remember those days? Well, I believe we are surrounded by so many, too many, who feel that way still when it comes to life in the church, when it comes to inclusion in God's kingdom, when it comes to welcome into the grace and love and the redemption of God that we worship and learn and serve and celebrate around so much of the time. And what Jesus' parable reminds me this morning is to be grateful for and humble about the invitation that we've already received. Because when we do, when we are clothed in joy and gratitude and humility, when we get it, when we're thankful to be invited and glad someone made room for us at the banquet in the first place, then I think, I hope, we'll be inspired to return that blessing and we will welcome and make room and make way 
for more of God's children, all of God's children, to join us for the party. Amen.